What is up? Welcome back to the podcast. Becoming a character is the voice of this podcast, Dallas Prater. Um, today is day 31. Um, no, it's day 30. Um, and I've taken a 10-day hiatus to kind of get the creativity flowing um, as to how, you know, so so I'm going to come back tomorrow with updates on the campaign. We got some, uh, and how we're going to launch uh, the summit. Um, we have some extremely, extremely, extremely top-tier exciting stuff. Like, it's going to blow you away, I promise. Um, so we're going to talk about that tomorrow. You know, I took a long time off because, you know, space is needed for creativity. I believe that. But today, what I wanted to uh, put out, actually, was a super special interview. Super, 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 super special. Um, super special interview um, with um, an entrepreneur named James Wedmore. Um, man, this interview was incredible. Um, starting at the foundation. Uh, James' personality. Uh, you know, just just a piece of serenity. Uh, I feel like he was, or he is, the most, the person I related to in essence the most uh, in any of any interview I've ever done. You know, I, I really felt his essence. Um, and I actually did some stalking around. This this is usually the the results of when I relate to somebody. This is usually results that comes back. Uh, we're very similar in personality types. I'm an INFJ. He's an INTJ. Um, TJ are the thinkers. Um, and, and FJ are the feelers. Now, I don't know if Myers-Briggs is an exact science, but uh, for what it's worth, you know, he was just somebody I really felt that I relate to, the calm, cool, collected introversion, the brilliant introversion, 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 man, that's something that I really enjoyed about this interview. Um, you know, really, you know, just somebody I really felt had a good heart and was a good person. Um, you know, it's what I detected from the small conversation that we did have. And that's something that I think is a, is one of the, you know, premier qualities of any individual, you know, beyond brilliance, beyond knowledge, uh, kindness and a good heart. And I felt like James, uh, had that. And so, you know, beyond that, James is a extremely credible entrepreneur, uh, eight figure, you know, CEO, I believe his business does more than 10 million per year. Um, so probably also one of the most successful in, uh, entrepreneurs I've ever, ever interviewed, um, his podcast, I'm sure does millions and millions of downloads. Um, you know, extremely successful person, you know, his, his, his product business by design does multiple seven figures. Um, and he only launches it once per year. And so this is an entrepreneur that knows what he's talking about. You know, not only is a good person, but is good at what he does. And so when it comes to the interview, we talk about everything. We talk about him going to, uh, I believe it was Cloud Break. It was an island off of Fiji. Uh, I don't remember the exact name of it. Um, we talk about him going to Cloud Break and, uh, because he likes to surf. He grew up on the beach and uh, one of the ways he would you know, let loose. Um, and you can see when people meditate and, and do meditative practices in their eyes. They have really ser- a serene gaze, a real steady gaze. I remember Owen Cook would speak about this. When I was uh, younger, I would listen to his videos. But this was a, you know, the second, you know, the, you know, the the second of a series of times that I actually seen in real life, and he had that look. But he talks about, you know, almost getting killed by these monster waves that are in like uh, this place called Cloud Break, which is one of the top ten surf breaks in the world. Um, he talks about growing up on the beach. He talks about what it was required to build his business. He, he talked about working at, I believe it was called On the Border, being addicted to his sister's Adderall. And from there, you know, building a bartending business, you know, in a span of, I believe, less than a year, um, just off of sheer creativity. Um, he talks about going through 
some of his hardest moments there, some of his hardest moments in life and how it is that you have to formulate a strategy, the tactics and the mindset necessary to break through. Um, we talk about funny things. We talk about, uh, you know, um, <laughs> an incident on his, his social media where it was uh, a chicken. You know, he didn't really want to mess with the chicken. You know, I say he in, in the interview, he's afraid of the chicken. I don't think he's actually afraid of the chicken. You know, I don't think he was really afraid of too much. I mean, he's been through it all. You know, this is this is somebody that, you know, from his journey has obviously, you know, developed, you know, um, great, great amounts of durability. Um, he's conquered almost everything. Great amounts of fearlessness. Um, but but it was a funny point in the interview that he you know he talked about not really growing up on a farm and seeing farm animals and so it kind of weirded them out and yeah, I feel the same way a lot of times you know um, I'm not going to touch everything <laughs> so you know um, it was it was an amazing interview one one of my favorites I always feel like every interview is one of my favorites but I don't know like I don't know every interview just makes me feel a way like I'm just an emotional person I guess but but man if if only for the headline eight-figure CEO, you know, listen to this interview, um, the ideas, the information provided will blow you away, and the interview culminates in the question that most of these interviews should culminate with, you know, how does this character that people love and adore and follow, James Wedmore, how is the significance of James Wedmore, how was it created, you know, what happened in the lab to make this individual prominent, uh, so, without further ado, I'm going to actually let you listen to the interview, uh, I hope it blows your mind because it really blew my mind. And um, I'll be back tomorrow with day 31 uh, and give you some updates on what has transpired in the last nine days. So without further ado, peace out. I mean, uh, not peace out, but here's the interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Becoming the Character podcast. It's Dallas, the voice of this podcast. Today, we have on a special guest. Why does everybody always say that? Today, we have on a special guest. Well, he is special. Okay. Today, we have on James uh, Wedmore. You know, he's um, he has an online business where he educates and coaches, uh, in his words, struggling entrepreneurs, how to be, you know, successful digital CEOs. And he makes a lot of money doing it, uh, as well as doing uh, many other things, you know, uh, from having an Airbnb business, um, you know, his page called Van Life Sedona. He, he does a lot of things and he runs a podcast known as the Mind Your Business Podcast, which is about, you know, move the, remove the yours about mind and business. So, you know, um, how are you feeling today, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, first thing I'm wondering about you, because as I said before, um, this is more of like a personal thing. Um, you said in a podcast probably a few years ago, you know, if I'm not waking up and going to the water every day, then what am I doing? Mm. And I think now you might have the answer to that question. Like what, what, you know, how do you, how do you live life away from the water? I know that's something that's been special to you. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up at the beach and, mm. uh, the, the water, the ocean was, um, was very healing for me because I mean, they're like the physical benefits. I, I mean, if you've been in front of a computer all day and you got the, like the, the Wi-Fi and all that stuff, and you just, you start to get a headache and brain fog. And then you go jump yeah. in the ocean. I mean, it feels like just rinsed it all off. And, um, mm-hmm. and it was about a year ago that I moved to the desert and it was a surprising move. So I'm in Sedona, Arizona. Now there's no ocean, there's no salt water out here. Yeah. Um, and, people have asked, you know, like the same exact question, like, do you miss it? Like, how do you, 
dude, I was in, I'd, I'd go surfing every single day. And I think the, the bigger thing was, um, what, what I was really craving was, was nature. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right before this, the, the house I'm living in now, uh, I'm so grateful. It borders national forest out here. So it's, it's just miles behind my house of nothing with, with trails. So right before yeah. this call, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a jog out, out in nature and, you know, it's different, but it, it fills that same cup. Like it, it clears your head. Uh, you know, the creativity, the inspiration comes through. And so I, I think, um, and that was really, you know, like not to get too off topic, but that's, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> so I just start going on uh, tangents, but, um, you know, I think when you look at being an entrepreneur and it's a question I always chew on and invite my, my clients and students to chew on as well. I was like, what is the value that you bring to your own business, to the marketplace, to, to the world? Mm-hmm. And stepping into a role of, of entrepreneurship isn't as much about just, oh, just work harder, work faster, work longer, which is what most people think, but that's still operating like an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it comes down to your, your innovation, your problem solving, your creativity, your imagination, your vision. And that doesn't happen when you're working. It happens when you're away from work. And for me to just go on a, an hour long hike with a jog out in nature, that's when the ideas start flowing. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. we, we need to get back to that because that is so much of our value comes from those like genius ideas that come flooding in when you're away from work. So as long as I have that nature, uh, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, man, a hundred percent. It, it makes a huge difference. I'm not, I'm not living in LA, but I'm from Maryland, you know, that is just mm. trees. So mm. I, I get what mm. you mean. Um, and on the topic of, you know, meditative states, you know, um, you know, it's ironic, you know, you're taught, you know, if you want to solve a problem, you want to brainstorm, you want to critically think and sit down and, but you're right. You know, a lot of ideas do come when you're removed from it. Um, totally. But it, but, 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 you know, comparatively you grew up in the water, you know, I grew up in around the forest, not in the desert. Is it enough? You know, is it the same or do you, do you miss it every day? Um, it's definitely different, uh, of course. And um, there are days I, I miss it because uh, it'll get to like 105 degrees out here. And you're like, man, if I could just jump in the ocean right now, that would be amazing. So uh, yeah. I miss it in that regard. Um, you know, surfing itself was something that I don't do as much anymore that I loved because it's a, you know, it's a physical activity, right? So you can treat it like a workout. I mean, it'll, it'll get you in shape fast. Um, but two, there's like, there is a rush with that, you know, like extreme athletes talk about that moment, uh, where they're in a flow state where time slows down and they're uber present. And, um, you know, I've definitely had those experiences when you're facing the ocean and a wave is, you know, coming towards you. And it's like, this is either going to end badly or be like the most amazing experience in my life. And you go for it. And, Uh and you, you, you have that like trust and that just lean into something. And, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I missed that experience, but I've picked up mountain biking out here Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's been something I never thought I'd get into. And I love that. And that's, that's just as dangerous and gives you a rush as well. Um, there's been some close calls there. So yeah, it's different. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is like, um, I'm going into a different phase of my life. And, um, and so I'm, I think something that I look, when I look at my career and my growth in business, um, that's something that I see others struggle with that I've been pretty good at is, um, you know, 
you're constantly in a state of change. Uh, you're not the same person you are today that you were yesterday, let alone a year ago, five years ago. And I think, I think, you know, in the times that we're in now, there's a lot of change happening. I think a lot of people have, you know, gone through, you know, pandemic times and, and really taken a hard look at what, what they want to keep in their life and what they're ready to let go of and what matters in their life. And that's beautiful. We got more people starting businesses than ever before following their dreams, starting new hobbies and passions. And, and, and I love that, but a lot of people really struggle to let go of the old yeah. and, and have a hard time with change. But, 100%. you know, as they say, change is the only constant and you're always being called to become the next version of you. And you're either going to, uh, accept that and go with the flow, or you're going to fight it. And I think, I think the harder we fight it, the harder life becomes for us. I think it becomes more of a, more of a struggle. So yeah, I miss it. I, I, I miss it. And, and, but it's a, it's another life. It's a previous life. And, and you just kind of accept that you're in a new chapter and doing something different and, um, and don't look back, you know, yeah. look, look forward always. hundred percent, man. Um, you know, when, when, uh, when I was researching for this interview, one of the things you, you said, sorry for the tangent earlier, one of the things that I was mm. excited about is like the tangents. It's like when someone <laughs> knows what they feel and they got memories oh, yeah. and they get excited about it, it's yeah. nothing like that. And uh, you've been doing this for a long time, like the way you connect experiences to business that mm. might not correlate just seamlessly. That's, that's, that's crazy. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm pausing because I'm like, should I start on the new chapter or should we cover a little bit of the old first? <laughs> um, because you, you I mean, you have probably years of content out there um, and you've said things like, you know, a uh, four second wave might take 30 seconds. And, um, you know, I, I've mm -hmm. been to Miami, I've gotten in the water, I've been to Maryland, I got into water. I came to the edge of this uh, ocean here in California. I'm like, ain't no way I'm getting in that water. Um, <laughs> what, what have you seen out there? You know, like it's crazy. It, in the water? What have you like in terms of waves, even wildlife, what have you oh, seen yeah. out there? You know, because I know those waves probably were so crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tons of experiences. I think one of the most memorable, magical experiences I've had in the water was um I got I got invited to go to uh stay on a small island called Namotu, um, mm -hmm. right off of Fiji, and uh, which is right next to where Cloud Break is, which is considered one of the best surf breaks in the world. Um, but these are like serious waves. Um, I mean, this is, this is no messing around. And uh, there were two times where I almost died. Um, it was, it was bad. Um, really bad. You just, you, you're, you're in the water all day. So you're fatigued, you know, your body is just like, can't keep up with you. Yeah. And, uh, and then you just, you know, you get tired, you get sloppy, uh, I made a mistake and, and I went, went under and I was held under. And, uh, I, I thought it was the end because you, you, you're out of there and you're like, okay, I'm going to fight to get to the surface. And it's, it's almost like someone's got their hand on your head, pushing you under. And there's a countdown going off in my head, like five, four, three. And like, I, I was like, the sirens were going off and, and I thought that was the end. And, Jeez. um, you know, so you, you have these close calls, you, you, you're, you're, you know, you do some stupid stuff and you have these moments of realizing that, you know, like, man, I'm not getting, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not, I'm not as young as I thought I was. And, and, and that's okay. But 
it's still like you're having some of the most amazing experiences of your life. Like you're the, the experience of floating on water that is so clear that you can't see it. Like it looks like, it looks like glass that someone has just cleaned and you'd look straight down into reef with fish and turtles and everything. And you're just skimming along that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just one of the most amazing experiences. And the, the Island we stayed on, by the way, is like, I'm tra- it's like the size of a parking lot, you know, like it is so small. Weird. You could walk the entire Island in, I don't know, 10 minutes, like the whole perimeter wow. of it. It is this teeny little Island out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, you have to get, you either have to take a helicopter or a boat to get to the Island. And there's a waiting list for years just for people to get to this Island. Cause it's got some of the best surf break in the world. And, mm-hmm. uh, on top of that, what I learned to do, which was also life-changing for me was I learned how to kite surf. And, uh, I mean, let me, let me say that more accurately. I learned a little bit of kite surfing and I still have a lot more learning to do, but that, let me tell you is Richard Branson, um, kite surfs. And he says, uh, he was quoted as saying it's the best, best sport he's ever done. And I agree. You have a giant kite that is like, I don't know, maybe 20 feet long or something. It's like longer than a car and you are attached to it. Like these cords are attached to your body Mm -hmm. and you got a board underneath you and the power of the wind is pulling you on the, I mean, it's like sailing with a kite and it's Mm -hmm. pulling you along the water 30 miles an hour. And it's one of the most invigorating, unbelievable experiences because it's the power of mother nature, you know, taking you. And, uh, so I did that out there and that was, that was incredible too. Man. That sounds like an insane experience, man. Uh, yeah. Very dangerous, by the way. It, like you search kite mares on YouTube, you know, like kite nightmares. And there are people <laughs> getting wrapped around telephone poles, dragged against rocks and reefs. Like it's dangerous. And I don't know. I'm, I'm weird like that. But like you, you kind of want to push yourself in in ways, you know, like I think that's kind of the, the way of the entrepreneur we want to we want to see where our boundaries are. We want to kind of like develop the disciplines of you know, overcoming fears, facing your fears. And, and I like to, I like to do those things. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not some daredevil that's going to take a dirt bike and do backflips or anything like that. But you know, you, you, when it comes to business, a lot of what holds people back as cliche and lame as it sounds is, is our fears. Mm -hmm. Um, and the problem with that for most of us, especially like dudes, um, especially like, cause I work with a lot of entrepreneurs that are female entrepreneurs and they are very honest and transparent, have no ego about their own fears that coming up. But guys, uh, as a generalization, of course, like we're too macho. Like we can't, we can't actually say we're afraid. So what we do is, is, is fear masks itself all the time. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of us, it's logic. I, I was so smart that I would outsmart myself with logic. And I'd say, you know, early on in my career, I'd say like, well, you know, I, I can't do this because you know, the, it's, it's not a good time of year. The timing isn't right. Or my website isn't finished or, you know, there's already too many competitors and I'd always have all these good reasons. And so we have reasons. We become so reasonable. We have an excuse or a re- but it doesn't look like an excuse. We just have a very logical reason for why we don't do the things that we need to do to grow our business, um, you know, hit our goals, have our best life. And, mm-hmm. and, and in order to do that, you're going to have to develop a new relationship with fear. And, and I think things like that outside of business gave me those opportunities to do that. I mean, when you, 
are your just your head and your shoulders is above the water and there is a wall of water rushing towards you and you have that split decision moment where you where you can either panic and run like fight or flight is coming in full on or you have that moment where you you just take a breath you get present you choose to be calm because that was actually I took a whole surf instructing class like water safety because it's you're in like just treacherous waters. And the number one thing they say is that you have to stay calm no matter what you have to train yourself that even, even in the most dangerous scenarios, you, you have to find your center and stay there. And I, I think the same goes for, for business, you know, and, and that wave is coming right down on you. And, and there's no experience like that unless you're in it, because it's not just, it's not just height. It's, it's this volume of water rushing at you that can just, yeah slam you like a rag doll in a, um, a washing machine. And when you go, okay, I got this thing's mine. I got this. I'm going to take this. And, and you ride that thing and it's a rush. That's you not just like conquering your fear. That's riding the fear, going with the fear and, and uh, letting it take you um, mm-hmm. facing it and, and, and harnessing it. And when you take that into business in your life, um, that, that can take you pretty far. You know, I, I'm always, like you said, like looking at areas of my life and how that equates, equates yeah. to business. And, um, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you're in, in the connection between those two things are always like, that really makes a lot of sense. Like that, that's a talent right there. Like, you know, uh, coming up with stories and analogies and metaphors to describe what it is you do, you know, because, you know, it, it, sometimes it is looking up like, you know, like looking up at a wave. Now, I can't imagine anything being as scary as looking up as a, at an actual wave. But, you know, it gets yeah. scary sometimes. I'm scared of like little waves, man. I, I hadn't seen the ocean until I was 18. So, yeah, yeah. Dude, I even thought about surfing. I'm like, it's no way. But, oh. you know, but, but, but I mean, you know, when, when we face these things and come out on the other side, you know, um, I'm going to let you fill in the blank for that. So when you did get you know, look up at that wave and you got hit by it. Mm-hmm. You went under. What did you think about in that moment? And what did you think about that night? And what did that mean for your life after that? Yeah. I mean, there, those, those intense ones, you know, there's that, that moment of like, uh, I could, you, I could die. You know, I've definitely had that, like, this could, this could be it, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not an extreme surfer. Like I, I, I want to be very clear. Like you're saying little waves scare you. Uh, um, and there's, we each have our own limit. And then there are people out there that are like riding, you know, uh, skyscraper waves. I mean, they're 40 feet tall, right? I, I'm nothing like this. This is just like, this is just like a normal every day. I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, uh, anything near a professional surfer, but the point is, is we each have our own limit self-imposed where we go from comfortable to uncomfortable. Yeah. And that limit is, is, is there, that line, that, that line in the sand is there for each of us. And when you have those moments where life presents you or nature or the waves present, the ocean presents you with the wave that's just outside of it. Yeah. I've had those moments where I'm like, this is, this is going to suck. This might be it. Like I've had a wave come down on me and, and it's low tide, which means you're in like three, four feet of water and you can mm. feel the rocks below you. And you're like, this is, this is going to suck. And it has, you know, I've had times where it definitely does suck. And, and then you go, or it'll be over soon. 
Um, but when I look at that in my business, I've had, I've had moments obviously where you're stepping outside your comfort zone and you know, there's fear and there's a part of you that always wants to go back. Like, Oh, what was I thinking? Why, why am I doing this? Oh my gosh. This is, what if this fails? What, da, 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 da. And whether it fails or not, whether it's mm. a wild success or not, you come out the other end and you're a different person. And, and that's because you went through the experience and we're here as humans to have experiences. And that's through those experiences, that's where you learn and that's where we grow. And I think for me, I'm someone that, um, I struggled a long time in business and, and people don't really get that when they see me today, you know, we, we, we've, we've grown a successful company, started other businesses and stuff like that. But this is 14 years. And for those first four or five years, it was really bad. And what I realized, I had something going for me. What I had going for me was drive, uh, vision, um, really hungry and yeah. very stubborn, very stubborn, like just wouldn't take no for it, you know, but at the same time, there was a lot of fear there. And so I was, I wasn't, I wasn't playing the game. I was on the sidelines. And I was trying to win the game from the sidelines. Yeah. And there's, there's one of those metaphors again. And um, when we go back and talk about experiences, you having the experiences that you're having, that's you in the game. So mm -hmm. like I was working with some clients yesterday. We, we do like a lot of uh, group coaching and stuff like that. And I had a client and um, she gets on the hot seat. <clears throat> and I said, you know, how, how can I help? What's going on? And she just starts crying. Yeah. And, uh, she's crying because she didn't hit her goals. Her last launch and project was so intense that she ended up like physically burning out and ended up getting sick and going to the hospital over it. And she's yeah. just crying. She didn't hit her financial goals and she's physically sick from it. And, you know, and that's a bummer, uh, but it is what it is. And I'm a very positive optimistic person, because I believe we all need to go through these experiences to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. And so I look at pain as a blessing. Pain in our life focuses, forces us to pay attention. Pain means pay attention. And when we go through these painful experiences, there's something there for you to learn. There's something there for you to grow and you become a different person on the other end of it. And I needed to remind her of that. And I said, listen, there's a lot of people talking about business. There's a lot of people calling themselves an entrepreneur. There's a lot of people that are taking the courses and listening to the podcast, but they're still on the sidelines. Yeah. And the fact that you are here, you know, crying and, and going through what you went through tells me that you were in the game. Yeah. And, you know, if we equate it to like football, like you're going to get sacked, you're going to get hit. You're going to have like some tough blows. But gosh darn it, you're in the freaking game and you're playing the game. And it's there's a micro level and then there's a macro level. And at the micro level, you're just looking at the play. And you might have lost five yards, you got sacked, and, and it hurt, and it was bad. But that's just that play. And every team that has won the Super Bowl, every team that has won the game, they, they didn't win every play. Every play didn't, didn't get them a first down or a touchdown. It's, you know, two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, two steps back. And if you're just looking at the micro level of like the latest failure, the latest setback, the latest upset, you're, you're not seeing the bigger picture, which is that you're making progress and you're moving forward. And the ultimate thing is to stay in the freaking game and, yeah. and stay in the game until you, until you win. And I've won 
a lot of games, which also means I've lost a lot. And yeah. it's a lot of my failures. It's a lot of my setbacks. It's a lot of the um, getting tackled and getting my ass kicked that has yeah. gotten me to where I am today. In fact, I look at the, the, the main signature program that, that we sell and that we offer is called Business by Design. Mm-hmm. And that entire program was born out of the darkest time of my business. Yeah. Uh, two, two times. First of all, uh, I was working on another project, uh, promoting and supporting somebody else, and it failed miserably. I put all this time, all this money, all this effort into it. We're talking like two months, and it just completely tanked. And at the end of that was realizing... Uh, just the short version of it was I was promoting somebody else's stuff, but what my audience was telling me is like, we don't want to hear from them. We want to hear from you. And that was like, well, maybe I should create my own program. And then boom, we, we created it. But a lot of what got created out of it was um, what I call like this low point for me in my business, which was this moment where my CPA calls me and basically says, um, we need to talk because you might've just had a really good month financially, but your yeah. expenses are higher than your, than your sales. So you're losing money. Mm-hmm. And I had been working harder than I'd ever been working. So I'm, I'm putting it all in given 110% and I'm losing money. I mean, I might as well just go quit and get a job and I'd be making more money working half as much time. Right. Yeah. And, um, and that was a really tough moment because I was faced with a decision of, do I do that? Do I quit? Do I throw in the towel? Because what's the point of doing this if I'm losing? If you're breaking even, that's one thing. If you're making a little bit of money, that's another thing. But now I'm losing money for as much time and effort as I'm working. And what do I do? Do I quit? Do I throw in the towel? Or is there another option? Yeah. There was another option. And that's why I tell people, that pain is the blessing, that the breakdown is what is necessary for so many of us to experience that breakthrough. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. And that's exactly what, what happened. So I realized what so many business owners who stay in business long enough realize mm-hmm. is that we don't know how to run a business. Most people have no freaking clue how to run a business. <laughs> and when you don't, that business ends up running you yeah. uh, straight into the ground. And that's what I was doing. Um, a lot of time we see what other people are doing on the outside and uh, in their business, we say, I want that. And so we're like, I'm going to go do that. But the, the most important things in a business to make a business successful are things that no one can ever see from the outside. And so one example of that for me, and these are the unsexy, boring things was I was just throwing money at problems. I was saying, I don't want to do this. I'll, I'll give you money and you go do it. And I don't want to look at this. Someone else do this for me. And so for most, if not all businesses, payroll becomes the biggest expense. So you start hiring people, start, you, oh, you're an expert in this. Will you do this for me? You're a freelancer helping, you know, and, and all of a sudden all this money is going out and now you're spending all your time managing them. So you're working even harder doing things you hate and you're losing money. And that's where I found myself. And so, um, the epiphany moment. These are these moments where you yeah. realize the error of your ways or the, the, the clouds part, the, the light shines through, the light bulb pops over your head, the angels come down and like, oh, and I, and I had that moment playing with Legos of all, of all things. I, I am a big kid, as I was kind of telling you before the, the episode, I have my, my best friend is my five-year-old nephew and we love to, to play and have a lot of fun. 
I just got him a zip line for my properties. So when he comes and visits, we're gonna have a lot of fun. And uh, so I was playing with Legos. And one of the reasons I liked playing with Legos is it's something I can, you know, when you run a digital business, um, this is something that you can, you know, work with your hands and just kind of turn your brain off and just kind of get in a, in a meditative state and, and just follow instructions. Someone else is telling you what to do. And that feels nice at times. Like, I'll put this brick on top of this brick. Yeah. And I realized like, yeah, I'm an adult and I'm playing with Legos, but I made the Lego look exactly like the picture on the box. And little kids can do that. You can have like an eight-year-old kid do the same thing and it looks exactly like the picture on the box. And I just, in this stupid, silly moment, I was like, well, if an eight-year-old kid can do what I just did, how come I can't get a grown-ass adult that I'm paying tons of money to, to, to get the picture on the box that I want in my business? And, it, and yeah. as soon as I asked that question, and of just pure genuine frustration and a little curiosity, I realized, oh, because I'm not giving them the instruction manual. Mm, and it's so wow. simple. It's so, it's so simple. But what I did, and this is, this is true, we called it Black Wednesday. I, I fired everyone on the team, just started over, and I shut down the business. I said, I'm not going to do any work. We're not going to market. We're not going to do any promotion, nothing. And I yeah. sat in my office for two weeks, and I created my first instruction manual. You see, because there's all these things that need to get done in business, but they don't need to get done by you. And right. this whole thing of like, no one can do it as well as my, as I can, that's just your ego talking. And today I learned the, the real sign of mastery and success is if I can get someone, if I can train someone to do it better than me, that's yeah. putting your ego aside and really saying I've mastered something. So I sat down for two weeks. I created a Lego instruction manual, if you will, as a metaphor mm -hmm. for one of the most common things we run and do in our business, which was at the time we were doing webinars. So that was an entire process of creating registration pages, thank you pages, links, connecting it with the software, emails, reminders, putting in all these steps. And I didn't realize it, but it's like a hundred steps. But I was just going to somebody and saying, hey, will you do this? Jeez, As like yeah. it's two or three steps and should be easy. It took me two weeks, but I was like, okay, log into this software, click this button. I mean, that level of specificity, just like Legos, click this button, add this link, change this here. Boom, 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 boom. Then I went on to a little website called onlinejobs.ph. This is where you can get virtual assistants in the Philippines uh, for like three to $5 an hour. And that's because the, the US dollar, the exchange rate is, you know, so extreme here that um, you're, you're paying, you're still paying them like way above minimum wage. It's, it's amazing. They love it. They're very happy. So I, I hired a brand new person for, yeah. I think it was like $5 an hour. Uh, they, I, no, I gave them no training, no context. They had no experience. And I just said, I have an instruction manual I want to give you. And mm -hmm. I just want you to follow it and tell me when you're done. Dallas, two days later, they, they send me an email and they go, okay, I'm done. I did everything. And I go, let me check. The landing page is done. The thank you page, the emails work, the tags, the software, all of it complete in two days. And then I think they charged me like four hours a day, eight hours. I think that's $40. I was paying somebody $65 an hour and they were taking a week. So I was paying thousands of dollars. And I just replaced it with like under a hundred bucks because I took the time 
to put that structure in place. And the, the, I, I say this first and foremost to remind us that the moment we go into business is going to be tough, and, uh, but you're tougher. And you're going to be faced with these problems, these setbacks and these breakdowns. But when you look at each one of them as the opportunity for the biggest breakthrough in your life, um, everything changes. And that changed everything. I had that decision point where I said, am I going to shut down this freaking business or am I yeah. going to keep going? And because I chose to keep going, when you choose to just keep going uh, and not give up, and that's where that stubbornness really came in handy for me, that led to the discovery of these standard operating procedures that I was missing, these, these Lego instruction manuals. And that I started, I got to work and created it for everything in the business, mm -hmm. um, started over with the team. And right. all of a sudden, the profit margin is massive. And we start growing more. I got my time back. But then where this becomes really unbelievable is that I said, this is so helpful to me. What if I gave this to our students? What if we put this together in a program? And that's mm -hmm. exactly what created my program is business by design. It was all the Lego instruction manuals, all the processes, all the step-by-steps. Wow. And that's what we give to our students. And that became the business. That became the business as it is today. And it's been a multi, multi, multi seven-figure a year business because of that. And it's the reminder and invitation that sometimes that, that dark night of the soul, those low points in your life and in your business are where the seeds, uh, and not sometimes all the time are the seeds of your greatest opportunity. Um, yeah. and you know, we'd heard that I've heard that, you know, Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich all the times, but yeah, when you're in it, when you're in it, it's, that's when you have to remember it. That's when you have to remind yourself, this is happening for me. There's yeah. something here for me to learn. And, uh, you know, most people forget it in those moments, you know? Mm. Yeah, man, absolutely, man. You know, um, you know, the, the, the bit, the bit about, um, you know, being a mentor as a CEO was, was, was something that, uh, in, instead of being the person that does every part of the process was something I think I heard, um, in bigger pockets, it was your episode of Bigger Pockets that just came out. And that's something that I think me and a lot of people can keep for life. Um, but I'm also glad that you touched on the treachery of it all. And, you know, truth, truth be told, I don't know if anybody can really define for a person before they experience it, how treacherous it will be definitively. Um, because it, it will be that way. You know, uh, it, it didn't, you know, nights go so incredibly dark it's, it's, it's not even like this is the beginning of my fourth year trying to start business i have nothing to show for you know i was you know i've cried in a car i can't even count how many times i mean last night included less than 12 hours ago and so i'm glad that you said that and what has been the toughest for me and what i think is the toughest for a lot of people is you know not only failure after failure after failure and, and i think you know, keeping you on track is just what keeps me on track. I interviewed some people that, you know, uh, it's a pattern that most people will inevitably go through four or five years of the worst years of their life. You know, even like Brandon Lucero mm -hmm. and everything that he went through, mm -hmm. things that I can relate to. Um, some of those most trying times will even be in the beginning where you work for somebody else and you're restricted um, and you, you know, you can't do what it is that, um, that you want to do and your dreams aren't working out and you have to stay at this job and, um, I hate when podcasters talk, but, but, but this is leading somewhere. Um, and so that brings me to, to another place, you know, uh, the treachery for you, this was a treacherous moment, uh, maybe the most treacherous, 
but there were times before that um yes such as um i, I believe it's called on the border or on the grill and oh yeah 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 i, I, I want to go back to that moment but i do want to kind of do like a little pattern interrupt before we get there and i want to you know you know because you were exposed online early this year i mean i don't know if you know it but you were exposed online and like like you you got a weird relationship with like ducks right with what with ducks like baby ducks i what no 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 you with sure? ducks? like a little duck what so, I have no idea what you're referring somebody to. Somebody told me you were, well, not somebody told me. I saw a video on your story and you look like you were scared of that duck. It was you oh. and your nephew. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, chickens? I think, yeah, I think you might have said uh, that. You're scared of chickens or something like that. I'm like, yes, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, a duck. yeah. My sister, my sister has uh, chickens yeah. and, um, and she was like, uh, her and, and my nephew were like, here, hold up. I'm like, no, no, I don't. I'm like, what are they going to do? Peck my eyes out or like claw at me? I'm like, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. don't you like chickens? I don't know. I've just never held one before. It was like, I don't, I don't want to touch this thing. I don't know. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, Do you feel that way about any other animal or is it just chickens? I don't know, man. I, it's like, I didn't grow up on a farm. And then all of a sudden I go to my sister's house and, and it's like, you guys are starting to create a farm out here and they got a whole chicken coop and everything. But uh, I will say when I was a kid, we went to a petting zoo and every kid had the chance to uh, milk a cow. And I was like, Nope, I, I, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, ducks, what is Dow's yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chickens. Yeah, I don't okay. know the difference between a duck and a chicken. Like, <laughs> I get a, I saw, I called olives anchovies earlier. Like, I mean, well, a few years ago, I don't know the difference between anything, but um, <laughs> an, animals are freaky. I get it. Animals are freaky. <laughs> hey, they, that's know, they, so funny yeah can't, you can't trust them you know they don't have more can't, you can't try i mean it's not like a domesticated <laughs> like dog or something you're like i don't know if you're gonna like peck my eyeball out right now yeah like, poop you know, on me you know might rise against yeah. you you know like, <laughs> but exactly you know what, what, what can you tell us about that place on the border is that what it's called on the border yeah what can you yeah, tell us about so, that place this is really interesting um so I've been entrepreneurial my whole life. Mm -hmm. and, and what that means for me is that since I was, I don't know, maybe seven, yeah. I've been doing businesses. I was doing lemonade stands. Uh, my buddy lived on a golf course. And so we would go onto the golf course and we would steal, I guess you could call it stealing. I don't know, but we would go find all the golf balls that were like lost in the bushes and in the, in the creeks and stuff like that. And we would sell them back to the golfers. I mean, I was doing right. stuff, you know, like mowing lawns for neighbors and, you know, watering for the neighbors and stuff like that and, and selling fruit, lemonade, stands, all those things. And uh, so I was very, I was very like that my whole life. I go to college and um, I had a, I was thinking about this just the other day. I had a friend and he was a, he was like my best friend in college, but we're not friends at all today. And uh, we were like, it's so weird. Cause like, we were friends because we'd, you know, go to parties and drink together and have fun. So he was like a social friend. But deep down, when I reflected back on this, I'm like, this person had no idea who I was and what I was about because he would say things to me that really mocked and made fun of like all my entrepreneurial ventures. Yeah. And one day he says to me, dude, why don't you just get a fucking job 
already, like a normal person. Damn. And I was uh, like, just turned 21. And so I just said, okay. And, and that's really interesting because the reason I was reflecting about that is like, how much do we let other people des- decide how our life goes? And he told me, get a job. So I said, okay. And I did. And I became a bartender and I worked at a restaurant called On the Border. And I was excited to become a bartender because I thought it would be this glamorous thing, you know, like all the attention and, you know, flipping bottles and, you know, getting people drunk. And it's like life of the party thing. Um, it's actually been like listed as one of the worst jobs in, in America is like, it's like in the top 20 worst jobs is like being a bartender. And I think it's, it's not the worst job by any means. I think there, are, there could be far worse jobs, but I think it's one of the most misleading jobs in existence because I think a lot of people that are bartenders will tell you, it's like 90% of your job is cleaning, restocking and dealing with crappy drunk guests. And, yeah. um, and that's that, you know, that's what I, um, that's what I was dealing with a lot. Um, and I worked the day shift during the week at a bar called on the border, which is like the Mexican food version of Chili's it's Chili's mm-hmm. with Mexican food is basically the best way, you know, so you're pouring cervezas and, uh, um, <laughs> and pre-made margaritas. Like yeah. that was me on a Tuesday lunch break, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, so you're working like the three hour shift of, you know, Tuesday, when people come in for lunch. And that was, that was my, my life. I graduated college and I'm sitting there. My parents, you know, spent a lot of money to, to pay for me to go to college and I'm repaying them by being a bartender. And I'm like, this is my life now. And, um, really questioning everything. And, um, (laughs) that's, I'm like, am I going to do this for the, for the rest of my life? Because a friend of mine said, go get a job. And I, I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but here's the great thing is that despite all of that, that call, that thirst, that hunger was still within me. Mm-hmm. And I, you, you can't, you, you know, the, the, the natural born, like true entrepreneur, like you can't, you can't keep them contained. Mm-hmm. And so what I started doing, you know, I'd be at the shift and I was daydreaming about like life beyond this. And what I did, um, is I'd talk to guests at the bars and I get to know them. And then all of a sudden I'd find out that they have like a party coming up Mm. and I'd say, well, why don't I bartend your party? Before I knew it, I had invented a business. I don't know if I invented it, but I created a business for myself as a, as a mobile bartender. And Mm. fast forward about a year later, I had a staff of 15 bartenders and cocktail waitresses, and we were supplying bars uh, glassware, you know, cocktail waitresses and bartenders from north of LA all the way down to San Diego for weddings, uh, private parties, birthdays, corporate events, you name it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my company name was called Poor Service, P O U R Service. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite hilarious with the names. And uh, <laughs> and I have built this entire bartending staffing company. And, uh, you know, and then I quit my, obviously I quit the job at on the border and here I am doing this. And this Dallas is where I I also, it was like the next step. And that, and that's something to like really share with people is like where I am today is like, we have an eight figure company, 
it is amazing. We do all this stuff, but this is 14 years. That was that the, on the border days was 2006. So I don't even know how long ago that is. Um, yeah. and that's when I, that's when I started the bartending business and the, what I learned there that I then began to apply. So I had to learn how to build a website. I had to learn SEO, how to get my website ranked. And all of a sudden I learned those things. People would type mm-hmm. in orange County bartender or yeah. Newport beach bartender. And bam, I was the only one. And I was number one wow. right there on Google. And I get a phone call every day, literally every day. I would have at least one phone call every single day of the week. Cause I was getting found like that. And so I had to build up this staff. So I was learning about online marketing. I was learning about business. I was learning about team. I was learning about profits. And I, yeah. I learned all these things in this, like in this business. And then of course the same thing happened again, where I start daydreaming about, well, I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. So what's right. next? What can I do next? Mm-hmm. And I had this crazy idea. And this is, uh, this is just a year later at the end of the year, November of 2007, I said, I made a challenge to myself. I said, I bet I could make more money teaching other people how to bartend yeah. than, than bartending myself. And that's when I really started thinking entrepreneurial, like, um, because, Cause I was every weekend I was working, you know, I mean, it was just like, you could only be in one spot at once and get paid for those amount of hours. And I'm like, I know there's something more because this is still like me, like an employee in my own business. And so that night, it was like a week before Thanksgiving, November 20, 2007, I bought the domain bartendforprofit.com and I sat down and it took three months but I wrote a 220 page book on how to bartend cocktail recipes, uh, everything in between. And I created an Mm -hmm. online bartending school and I, and I launched it in the spring of 2008 I made my very first sale, April 18th, 2008. I had my very first customer, San Antonio, Texas for $200. And all of a sudden, you know, it's so funny when you think about it, I was like, I'd spent six months of just pouring my life into this new business Mm -hmm made $200. And I'm like, that's still one of the greatest memories and experiences of my life that a complete yeah. stranger three States away sent me money over the internet. And I'm like, it's crazy, right? It is so crazy because a single, and I had no money at the time. Here's what's really funny about that story yeah. is when the sale came in, I'd never had a sale on the internet before. So I didn't know what it would look like. And I got an email that said new order was placed. Yeah. And the first thought I go to is, Someone stole my credit card and is buying stuff online and I don't have any money. So what the F is going on? And I open it up and I said, someone's using my credit card to buy bartend for, wait, that's my stuff. Someone bought my, I got a sale. This is amazing. And I mean, I called everyone and I rubbed it in their face. I was such an SOB. I said, mm-hmm. you guys all, because la- I did, I got laughed at. People thought I was just ridiculous. And I said, you all laughed at me. You thought this was stupid, but I just got someone in Texas who doesn't even know me to, to spend money and buy this thing. I'm in business. And a simple thought entered my mind, which is if I could do it once, I could do it again. If one person could buy, I could get a second, which means I can get a third and a fourth. And you know that business grew. It wasn't anything like, wow, or anything, um, but it was, it was making a couple sales a week. And mm-hmm. I was able to shut down the bartending. I actually kept it open for a while and had other people do the bartending, but I stopped doing gigs and I doubled down in this. 
Yeah. And I kept learning and I kept trying things and I kept seeing, how can I grow this? How can I improve this? How can I make it bigger and better? And here's, here's what happened. This is, this is so bizarre, but this is what I call the leapfrog effect in your life is that one thing is always leading you to the next thing. So wherever you are is where you are. And what if it's preparing you for that next thing? And when I noticed that pattern happening in my life, it, it just changed everything. So mm. I also knew I'm not here to be the learn how to bartend guru for the rest of your life. This was just the next step for me. So I started going to these marketing events and I wanted to learn more about how people are using the internet. And this is back in 2008 and 2009. It's a very different world. Twitter had just come out, right? So Twitter was this new thing. People were just getting access to Facebook without, you know, Facebook just used to be for like colleges and stuff. Now it's like mom and dad are on Facebook, you know? And that, that was the online atmosphere of 2008, 2009. And I'd go to these events and I was trying to learn. And then people would say, well, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I teach people how to bartend. And like, no way, let me see your stuff. And they would watch my videos. Again, 2008, 2009, and people were blown away. They would say, how did you do that? How are you making a video? How are you putting that online? How are you making it look so good? And what what I haven't told your listeners is that I actually went to film school. So I've been with video and making videos my whole life. Since I was a little kid, I stole my mom's camcorder and was making little stop animation videos. And so I asked, I'll never forget. I was in Orlando, Florida at an event in 2009. And there was a woman, I can't remember her name at the moment, but she was sitting next to me and she was blown away by what I knew about video at the time. And I asked one simple question that completely changed my trajectory of my business. I was blown. I was blown away that she was blown away. I was like, wow, you're like really excited about this. Like I, we tend to take uh, for granted our own gifts, things that you're really good at come natural to you. And so when it comes natural to you, you, you kind of discredit it. And then, and then someone else is like, whoa, how'd you do that? And you're like, really? And that's what was happening to me. So I asked her one question. I said, really, is that like valuable to you? Yes. So that means you'd pay money for something like this. OMG. Yes. And that was the validation I needed. We're waiting for validation. You know, we we're waiting for someone to give us the green light. We're waiting for someone to say, go, it's your turn. And sadly for most of us, you'll be waiting a long time on the sidelines, you know, for the coach to say you're up. And instead you just got to say, F it, I'm going in the game. And, but she gave me that. She's like, yes, I would. And so I, uh, I decided to create, I'm going to create a, a, an online training program on how to use YouTube. And um, I launched the, the program, Video Traffic Academy, $97. Yeah. It did, it did $400,000 in sales in the first 30 days and then went on to do millions and put me on the map, if you will, as the, the video guy and launched my entire career. And all of a sudden, you know, bartending was thing of the past. And I'm teaching people how to business. I mean, all types of businesses. I mean, I'm talking from the YouTube wannabe celebrities, actors, and singers to the local real estate agent that wants to take 3d home tour videos to everyone in between. And, um, I I have a stunning story about that. When I say like everyone in between I'm sitting there, this is probably about 2016 now years later and I'm getting my hair cut. And my barber, Chris, welcomes his next client. He goes, oh, hey, hey, John, uh, come on, take a seat. I'm almost done with James here. And he introduces us. 
And he goes, oh, you guys should meet, by the way. Like, da-da-da-da-da, you guys both live in Laguna, da-da-da-da-da. And the guy goes, what do you do? And it's really hard when you're an entrepreneur to tell people what you do. So I just said, oh, I, I, I make videos. Mm-hmm. And the guy, I shit you not, he goes, no kidding. I'm actually learning how to add video right now in my business. So I just chuckle and I say, oh, how are you learning? He goes, YouTube. And I go, oh, really? Uh, From who? And he goes, I got the video right here on my phone. I was just watching it before I got over here. And he shows me the video and I go, that's me, dude. And he looks down at the (laughs) video and he looks up at me and he's like, holy shit, that is you. I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. And all of a sudden, this is really funny. His entire demeanor changes, right? Yeah. He went from like, oh, hey, man, nice to meet you to like, wait, you're that guy? I've been watching. You're amazing. Da, 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 da. And all of a sudden, he's like, couldn't get enough of me and like treats me completely differently. And I, that's what I teach my students is like, in order for your business to grow, like when you are the authority, when you're the expert and you have that value and you're sharing that with people, it creates a different dynamic and a different relationship with people. And I said, that's what video does. And I witnessed that firsthand, you know, right there. So it's a long journey. Obviously I've been doing this a long time, but a big theme to pull out of that is, you know, what you're doing right now, what if that was preparing you for that next leg in, in in what you're here to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. And like it's, it's, yeah, that's a crazy story first and foremost. (laughs) It's actually (laughs) crazy. Um, but you've been through a lot, you know, you've been through a lot, you know, first off, just being at a job that you're not passionate about, you know, um, yeah. working every day and still not having money for the things that you care about, you know, like maybe you want to, you know, uh, buy the Tony Robbins tickets, as you said, in one story, Oh um, yeah. you know, going to that place, um, you know, just really, you know, being a graduate from college and really, really, or being told by a friend to get a job or, you know, maybe experiences with, with that a role, like whatever it might be, like you've been through in a place that was dark, you've been through a lot. Um, and every character has its darks and its lights. Every character has its ups and its downs. And, and you know, that's something that's inherent to every person. But whereas some characters fade out of history, some become renowned. What are the differences? This is my final question. What is what is the difference between those characters? Why is your character, your internet personality, uh, no matter how close it is to who you actually are, why is this renowned? What are the tactics and strategies that had gone into you becoming that character and becoming known? That person that where they go into the barbershop and say, oh, you guy, versus someone who's putting out themselves, you know, being transparent on the internet, podcasting every day, putting out content, and no one knows this internet character that they're trying to create. What's the difference? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the difference is as you're describing it, the being renowned, that is the byproduct. That is the effect. That is the perk. It's not the target. And for everyone getting this, this is, this is massive difference. You see what most people set out to do is they go, I want to be famous. I want to be well, well known. I want to be awesome. I want people to like me. I want people to follow me. And they make that the target. And, and then that becomes the aim. And that's not, it's, it, 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 if that becomes the target, it rarely happens because 
what we have to ask is say, why do people follow other people? Why do people listen to certain people? Why, what attracts them to people? And it's never because, oh, because he wants to be famous. Yeah. It's because he or she did something, stood for something, provided something, shifted something, helped with something. And so the aim, the target is, is always really simple. And it, and it really is, it's just in my nature that um, it, it started with my own desire to want to grow and, and become the best version of myself, which is a, always a, a, a work in progress. And that realizing that that is like the sweetest, like the most amazing journey to go on in your life is to wake up every day and discover more of who you are and what you're capable of. And when you are finding a way to assist other people to do that in your own unique way, um, that's, that's becomes the target. So it really is, it's, it's this over simplified answer here, Dallas, but it's, it's, it's the truth is that, uh, I've been driven by how can I make a difference for people? Um, what's going to help people, what will help them the most, what will make the biggest impact and leading by example in that. Let me be the proof of what's possible. Let me inspire someone through who I am. Let me be yeah. a, uh, let me be a symbol, if you will, of uh, if James can do it, I can, or, you know, James showed me it's possible. So it's possible for me. And that's all, that's always what I've wanted to make my life about. It, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I've never wanted to have attention. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to be popular, famous. I don't yeah. want to be those things. In fact, my personal life, I am very much a, a loner. Mm -hmm. I, I need a lot of time alone. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to go out and have attention. Uh, I, I want the opposite. And so what people don't get in this whole influencer craze is that, uh, the more you crave that attention for attention's sake, and just, I want to be famous. I want blah, 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 blah. The more you, um, probably have to compromise yourself, number one. Um, and that can mean a lot of things, compromising your values, comp your, your integrity, uh, uh, compromise, you know, selling yourself to the latest trend just so you get attention. Um, but it, it really is, it's, it's not what causes attention and what causes, um, followers, what causes an audience is leading and, and leading is taking a stand for something, seeing something that others can't see being willing to rock the boat, go against the grain um, and speak up for what you believe in, not, not to condemn others, make others wrong, but to invite other people to speak up to that too, to stand up for that too, to, to rise to something greater uh, for them, not for you. So many people, this is a great example of this, so many people, I, I used to be guilty of this too, will create a post, like a piece of content, but what is driving that piece of content? Is it, I hope people will like me. I hope people will think I'm smart. I hope people will be impressed by this. That's the problem right there. And that's what a lot of people are doing. Oh, people are going to love me now. And I can't wait to get my little dopamine hits because I get likes and engagements and people go, I agree. I agree. I agree. People are trying yeah. to get their needs met on social media. And that's very toxic. I need more significance. So I'm going to go to social media and give them what they want so I can get what I need. That's a very dangerous cycle right there. And that's going to mm -hmm. affect a lot of people. But instead it's tuning in, getting quiet. That's why I said I went on an hour long hike and jog before this. I'm in nature. 
And it's where I am in my life. And this is what I'm saying for me is what I'm asking others to do is where I am and where I find myself in my life. Who can I provide value for? And what is it that they need from me? How can I be of service? How can I make a difference in my life? And you're bringing up, Dallas, all these references that your listeners won't know, most of them, that are moments that I've shared in episodes, in, in my journey, in my content. And those are all examples of things I've shared that could have, I don't know, sometimes you'll never know, may have made a difference in some, that one person's life. And we do get those, we get those experiences where someone sends me a DM or says, you know, James, I was listening to your podcast and you said this one thing, you shared this one story, yeah. whatever, whatever. And that changed everything for me. And that's the aim. That's the target. That's the focus. And if you're doing that and doing that more and more effectively every day, if you got better and better and better at who can I help and how can I help them? How can I help them more? And what I've noticed myself in 14 years of that driving question, I can do it faster and more effectively. I can just, I can get a better piece of content that, that can help people more effectively today than I did 10 years ago, five years ago. And when you're doing that, the byproduct of that is more people pay attention, more people follow you, more audience, more impact, more growth. But people are making the, I want more attention. I want more following the target. And that's not the target. That's the after effect. That's the byproduct. Does, it, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that makes complete sense. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's profound. And, and, and I can, you know, attest to that, um, that I've experienced that from what you do. So um, even even in the research period, who I was before researching, before and after, you know, in my approach to life, they're different people, and I, I don't feel like you know all you know following you because you know your life or pieces of it since you were young, on internet or on the internet. I don't feel like that was a thing that was pushed out for significance or pushed out to be like or to be somebody as opposed to, you know, be transparent with what you believe in. So. Um, yeah, man, I think I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that'll change a lot of people. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, did you want to elaborate on that or 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 because I you know um no, no like I'm good, but to sum it up yeah. in one question, um, it's the question for anyone who is wanting to build or create more of a influence audience following online is the wrong question is, and this is what I get all the time is James, how do I build a following? How do I attract more people? How do I get more people to follow me? How do I reach more people? That, that to me is not the, uh, the, the, the right question to ask because the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask. It's, it, it is a question of um, what do people need to hear? What, what can I say that will make a difference? How can I be of service today? How can I help? What is right. the best content that can come through me that's going to make a difference for even one person in my life. And that, that needs to be the target if, if we're in this line of work. You know, if you're selling iPhone covers or whatever, like that's different. I mean, obviously I have other businesses. We have the Airbnb business. That, that's not the question I asked there. You know, I'm not trying to inspire and help people uh, who are looking for a place to stay in Sedona. You know, it's just, it's, it's different. So it obviously depends on what type of business you're in. But yeah. people that are in similar line of work want to have their own podcast, their own following, their own, you know, coaching or content or reach on social. The people that get the big followings, 
they know what the true target is, which is I need to be a leader. I need to create something that people it's worth sharing, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm, I'm always because I'm in it myself and always pushing my own boundaries and solving whatever problems come up, my entire life journey and experience in business becomes my best content. You know, just like I shared earlier, when I'm, when I'm making money, but I'm losing more than I'm making that, that has become such a powerful experience, uh, that, that created so much content that has helped so many people because I went through it and then said, this is going to help more people. And, and it keeps my life really simple. It keeps my business very simple. I don't look at competitors. I'm not concerned about competitors or market changes or algorithm shifts or what, what cool shiny tactic is working. It's, it's, I keep my head down and I say, I have some things that can help people. And if they'd like help, I can help them. Who can I help today? How can I help them today? And that's, mm -hmm. that's as simple as it is. It's, it's, I'm in a business to help people. That's my business mm -hmm. is helping people. And because it's entrepreneurs, it's helping them make more money. It's helping them to create a bigger impact, to live yeah. their life with more purpose and fulfillment. And that's pretty freaking awesome. And, um, and I really love that. Yeah. And you did, an, you've done an amazing job at it. All your pain, all your, you know, everything you've gone through, all your successes, going to 10 million in revenue uh, and having it all displayed has done an amazing job at that. And uh, well, that is, that, that is you and that is your story, but where can people continue along and follow the story? Where, where should they find you at? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Um, since most people are listening to this like a, as a podcast, um, the next best place, we're about to hit, I think, 500 episodes on my podcast, Mind Your Business. It's on all the places you listen to podcasts. You just search Mind Your Business. There's a lot of them out there now, but mine will have my face on it, uh, James Wedmore. And um, on that podcast, I'm, I'm talking you know, deeper dives into a lot of the things that you and I brought up on, on today's conversation. Yeah. It really is like, I've, I've had to do a lot of my own internal work and growth from the inside out to get to where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not the same person today as I was when I was working on the border as a bar bartender. I'm right. a very different, I'm still me, right? right? But I have different habits, disciplines, beliefs, perspectives. Um, I was struggling with a lot of insecurities back then that I just don't have today. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, when we let that stuff go is when we start to let in more in our life. And that's what this podcast really dives into. And, and anyone who really resonated with this conversation, that would be the best place to go to keep, keep the conversation going. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. You know, a lot of the things you talk about on the podcast, uh, a lot of things that you know and have learned from the secret and Abraham, like they're, they're advanced to the point where I don't understand them. Like some of the things it takes me a while to digest. So everybody go follow James on his podcast. <laughs> It, it, yeah, like thanks. you know serious but uh you know um appreciate you being on man thank you yeah appreciate appreciate you having me for sure